Hello, everybody. In this show, we're going to be talking about Star Wars Shatterpoint, announced by Atomic Mass Games this week. We're going to be delving into some awesome stuff for Warhammer 40,000 and Warhammer Age of Sigmar. There's even an amazing Kickstarter from the folks at Themeborn for The Last of Us. And there's also a chance to win the amazing Acadia Stands Astra Militarum army set. So make sure to get your comments down below. Strap in, the weekend starts now. Hello, folks, and welcome to The Weekender. We are back for another dose of awesome tabletop gaming from the week. You'll notice that there is no Jerry here, so it has fallen upon my shoulders to lead this, which means it's going to be utter chaos, but there we go. Uh, we are joined by Justin. Say hello, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we are joined by John. Say hello, And we are joined by Shay. Hello, Shay is here in a front stage yeah. weekender. Boom. <laughs> Fantastic. He can talk about all the things that he's done to screw people over. <laughs> this, is, this is actually going to be funny because this is the first time in OTT history where myself, John, and Shay have all been on camera at the same time for a oh weekend. God, yeah. Wow. So this it's a special weekend of this one. And we're going to be talking about some pretty crazy stuff. So some interesting things to talk about mm. later on in the show. Uh, but to get some sort of updates and things out of the way, uh, starting on Monday, we are going to be doing Undaunted Week alongside the folks at uh, Osprey Games. Uh, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of Let's Plays, which is going to be really fun. Uh, we're also going to be doing some interviews with the designers and the artists and the narrative developers as well that have been joined on that game. And uh, yeah, we're going to be delving into all sorts of awesome stuff and giving away brilliant prizes at the same time as well. There is uh, Price, one massive. Oh yes, oh, yes. It's, it's, a, it's like price. a big bundle prize this time, isn't yeah, it's it? Yes, basically the it. ultimate Undaunted bundle. Yeah. So if you've ever wondered about getting into Undaunted, or you watch the week and think, "Well, this game's for me," uh, then uh, definitely make to make sure to check out those videos and uh, see what you think. All you guys have played Undaunted, I think you've all been in yeah. it at one point, haven't you? You guys yeah, enjoy yeah. the game, I mean, yeah? The, yeah. The, this coming theme week made me sad for one very particular reason. I didn't yeah. get to play. <laughs> I did. got to watch. Shay yeah, got yeah, to play, Shay, and he's done some I terrible things. So, oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Shay got to play because he, he approached me, and, or Jerry, Jerry, and him approached me actually, and they were like, um, "Do you want in on this filming?" And Shay was looking at me. You know, if I said yes, I would have to sleep with one eye open. So <laughs> <laughs> I figured yeah. Shay, Shay wants this one. Yeah, probably. Yeah, It'll be safer yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah, because uh, one of the big focuses, obviously, is around uh, Undaunted Stalingrad, which is going to be releasing the week after our theme week. So you've got some time to get your pre-orders in on that. Uh, and that's obviously why Shay was so was loving this, because obviously you get to play as, as the Soviets and stuff on the yes. tabletop, which is always nice to yes. see doing some nasty things. And it's, it's also really cool because this is their first kind of legacy campaign game set in the Undaunted universe. Um, so if you're interested in that, make sure to check it out. Don't worry. We've made sure to hide as many spoilers as possible, but there's still some fun things to dive into. Which is well, I mean, Shade was throwing mines and grenades all over the place, so <laughs> that gives you I a think taste so of I love you like coming, explosives. Yeah, and mine is a whole of Stalingrad. If I could, <laughs> I would have. <laughs> but yeah uh, there we go so make sure to check that out uh, starting on Monday so that's the 14th of November we're going to have a bunch of videos out on the Monday and then you'll be able to watch a whole host of stuff 
throughout the week as well. So yeah, watch out for that. Um, don't forget, if you haven't checked out our previous stuff from Dystopians World Week, which was last week, make sure to go and do that. There's still all the videos there. You can download all of those force lists, play as your favorite faction, watch our Let's Plays and have some fun. If you comment on those videos, there's still time for you to dive in and maybe get yourself some prizes as well, which is always nice, but there we go. Uh, moving on. We get to the most important part of the week. And I don't know, how, how should I approach this? Should I go with a loud Warren-style introduction or should I go with a sort of sedate Jerry introduction? Maybe we should each do the one we think that it should be. Oh, okay, cool. Right, so I'll start. I'll start. Right, okay. okay. So I'm going to go. It's Indie of the Week. Oh, yeah. Oh, not bad. Not bad. I'm going to go with It's Indie of the Week. Oh, I like it. It's like a commercial from the, the 80s. That's cool. Yeah. John? <laughs> It's the end of the week. It's the end of the week, lads. Let's get all weird. Right? There we go. There we go. Cool. And Shay, I want to hear yours now. Everyone's gone through, so you need to do one. But you big man, it's the end of the other week. Oh, two God. of us. Two of us tried to impersonate Jerry. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be looking at some terrain uh, this yeah. time around and uh, delving into um, the collection from the folks at Battle Scale. Um, now, I didn't actually really know much about Battlescale uh, until quite recently um, when I saw that a bunch of their stuff had popped up on the Pendragon website, which we'll have a look at a little bit later. Mm. But um, their collection is for essentially just scenery that you can use on the tabletop, although there are a few little uh, sweet additional things which we'll look at a little bit later. But uh, they do a whole host of resin cast buildings uh, that are all sculpted by hand, which is, I think, amazing. Uh, to see in this day and age as well, even now. <laughs> yeah. Even though all of you guys are 3D printing mad. Um, <laughs> but they cover a whole host of different scales. So you've got 10 mil, 6 mil, 3 mil. There's a couple of 28 mil bits and pieces in there, 15 too. But if we dive into the 10 mil section, which I think is where a lot of people get their kicks from, you'll see what kind of stuff they have on offer. Um, so one of the nice things about the range as a whole is that they cover pretty much a whole host of different time periods. There's a there's a focus on stuff to do with World War II, I'd say, and kind of building up that look of, I suppose, Normandy and France during World War II. But one of the nice things about a lot of the buildings that you get in Europe is that they don't necessarily change, really. Um, <laughs> we seem to be stuck in our ways since about the 16th, 17th century, and so houses from that point on will pop up pretty much anywhere, really. Um, but you get a really nice section of different buildings that you can use for building really nice um, tabletops with. You've got defenses and all that kind of stuff as well. Like if you open up some of these like pillbox and, and uh, bunkers and stuff, I think they're fantastic because they're the kind of stuff that would be brilliant for doing or setting up like the beach landings and stuff and all that kind of things as well. And you've got river sections and stuff as well, which is always nice to see. Um, this is actually some of their more their newer stuff that they've been working on. Um, and I, I think they were saying that the the rivers were in such high demand that you may now have to wait quite a while to get them. <laughs> so clearly there is a dearth of uh, a lack of, of, of rivers in 10 millimeter for everyone to pick up. Just really ben, yeah. Does it arrive like it is in this picture or do you have to do your, your flocking, your bushes and stuff on your own? So the standard selection of stuff is, is unpainted. So you'll have to just there. pick it up and uh, you see John is waggling his mouth. <laughs> like, so yeah, uh, the, the majority of stuff comes unpainted, uh, although there are a few pre-painted stuff, uh, pre-painted mm, okay. selections that you can pick up and things like that. But yeah, the most of most of the section is just bare resin. So no, yeah. that's, that's, that's fair enough. I, do, I know there are some lazy gamers out there. Like that me. is that is true. Yes, I am one of them. I've only just started painting courses. 
Well, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you've got some really awesome sort of bunkers and stuff like that as well. I, it's really cool that they, that's for Tobruk and stuff. I think it's quite nice. No, that is a Tobruk. Oh. oh, that is a Tobruk. Well, there you uh, go. Well, it is I am a, being... It's an observation bunker with Tobruk. Oh, okay. The Tobruk is the hole in the top. Oh. Uh. <laughs> is it called a Tobruk because of Tobruk for some uh, reason? It or probably is, it... is yeah, because I, I think okay. it was something to do with um, like little makeshift emplacements they all made around ah. to and stuff like that so it's basically just a hole in the ground with a machine wow. gun in it the germans okay. were kind of like ah it's a nice name we'll steal yeah. it and make it out of steel and concrete because that's what they do yeah <laughs> uh, i do have to wonder how many different shapes and variations of bunker were there there is actually a number for that justin oh I'd, i'm hoping john knows that number it's somewhere it's somewhere in the region of 98 individual bunker styles wow ah, interesting Why? <laughs> Each of them having their own blueprints and their own layout. <laughs> See, it's, it's very simple because okay, this one doesn't fit. What one fits? Yeah, because I always assume that they should. Yeah, I sort of assumed they built bunkers based on whatever the hole was that they had they <laughs> dug in the landscape. But uh, but they're Germans. They're very efficient. They will dig a specific hole for a specific yeah. bunker. Yeah, uh, you had you have you have flavors of bunker. You have like the individual to Brook, which we've just mentioned. We have the larger machine gun post. We yeah. have the um, artillery observation bunkers, which look different. You have the artillery emplacement bunkers. Then you have the big artillery emplacement bunkers. Then you have the V one launch bunkers. Then you have the V two launch bunkers. Yeah, it goes on. It, this, it, is, this is the bunker very episode. <laughs> this is the bunker episode. Jerry should not have taken a week off. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so if you're looking to build up stuff, as I say, for kind of the, the battlefields of, of Normandy and things, I think the collection of stuff that they create is really nice. Um, although obviously a lot of the stuff they do kind of can ape sort of medieval Europe as well. Uh, and you could also use it for a little bit of um, fantasy wargaming at the same time. Uh, I know a lot of people are really into their 10 mil fantasy playing stuff like Fantastic Battles or perhaps Warmaster uh, and sort of that revamped version of Warmaster that came out as well. And so picking up a lot of the different houses that they've done that kind of match that fantasy aesthetic for kind of the empire in the old world would be a pretty nice way to go. Um, it seems as well that I think a lot of people are scaling down in terms of their collections and playing at smaller scales now. I know obviously that playing at 6, 10, 12, 15 has always been a thing, but it seems over the last, I don't know, maybe three or four years, we've seen a lot more focus on that kind of thing, I think. What, and moving smaller away scale but bigger armies? Yeah, small scale but bigger armies. Yeah, we're... Yeah. We're we're kind of seeing that um like flames and team yankee really take off that that 15 mm -hmm. mil kind of range and the uh bold action stuff is kind of becoming more skirmish. There's people who are playing smaller games with that, but you know, yeah. more points heavy really, but not mm -hmm. not what we used to see when bold action was first sort of on the scene. Yeah. 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 I, I do like that I'm seeing some of the dark age dwellings there because I'm I'm gonna pay tribute to Jerry, but you could pay play Tiny Saga with that, for example. <laughs> He's got, got, got to get it in there for the man. He's not here, You've so we'll here in spirit. Yeah. I also have to let him see this hedge. Yeah. This hedge, this hedge, with, hedge. hedge with gate. I also make sure to pick a company that has very small pictures because oh, you've got to honor Jerry in these <laughs> yeah. countries. So, yeah. um, but that's what's here in our hearts. But mm. that's what's really nice about the collection, I think, as a whole, is that it does those slightly larger buildings that you would use to build um, towns and villages and all that kind of stuff and urban environments. But then you get all the smaller bits and pieces that come alongside it. So you get the hedges, you get the roads, you get the things to build 
you know, streets and roads and sections like that um, and, and farmland and things. Um, so they kind of cover all the bases when it comes to terrain, which I think is really nice. The, um, um, could you open that chapel house? I love that chapel house. Which, this one? Top right, yes. Yeah. I told you I wasn't going to make you open things, but I'm going to make you open things. Again, so. <laughs> so. I'm not going to be yeah. The thing is, like this, this is insane. I've moved from the ten mil to the six mil, and the the buildings look slightly cuter, and it's because they're hand sculpted. They just yeah. the, the the edges are a little more rounded and stuff. Yeah. Right between the scales, is there you know a building the same that's in all three that we can compare the details as we go down the scales? Oh, I am God, curious I to see how it holds up. Say no oh, more. God. Let's, Why, have, let's have a look. If you type in chapel, maybe it'll show us like loads of different things. We could do a... that. Yeah, but we're not. <laughs> we're we'll just show you as we go through. We're just going to go back through and see if we can find yeah. one building that spans all. Oh yeah, that'd be good. A Russian yeah. Orthodox church there. Yeah. <clears throat> While we are looking through this, I will say as well, the thing that I think is really good about the range too and terrain in this scale is that I think sometimes if you look at twenty-eight mil buildings, thirty-two mil buildings, forty mil buildings, or whatever, depending on the game you're playing, I think sometimes it's very similar. A little it bit is different. very similar. Um, I think that you, it can sometimes be a little bit daunting when it comes to painting larger buildings, which I think is why a lot of people went to the likes of Foreground or Black Site, for example, and, and picked up those pre-painted kits so that you wouldn't necessarily have to dive into all that painting side of things. Yep. Whereas if you're looking at 6, 10, 12, whatever, and that smaller scale, I think painting a village suddenly doesn't seem such a, a hard task, <laughs> especially yeah. when it comes to the fact that you could use contrast paints and dry brushing and, and, and all that kind of stuff and to, uh, to, to kind of build bring them to life a lot quicker than you necessarily normally would. I mean, I remember many moons ago whenever we 3D printed basically half of France to fill out the gaming hall. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that whenever we were painting it, it was literally prime a colour, dry brush it a lighter colour, do the roof a different colour, off you go, yeah. my son. Yeah. Bill, Bill took a while. Oh, it did, but we were doing like what, ten tables worth? Yeah, crack, crack open that three mil tab as well now, John. I'm looking at. So this is when things get even smaller, which get even really cuter. Yes, <laughs> get ten buildings <laughs> for a fiver. I know. Oh. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? <laughs> That's and this really is cool. this, this is when you start getting. This is when you start playing not necessarily with miniatures, but kind of blocks that yeah. are, that represent stuff, which I think is really nice. The other thing that's really good about these kind of buildings, I think, is that you don't necessarily approach this from these being used for a, a traditional miniatures war game in the in, in, in the standard sense that we normally would think. I'd see these as being something that you'd use for map-based campaigns mm -hmm. or uh, to represent villages that are on hex bases or something. Uh, or, you were you know, talking so about this before, weren't you, a few weeks or a couple of months back where you wanted to make like an off-scale village marker mm -hmm. On the table to say here's yeah, yeah I think yeah. you were talking about that before. Yeah. These are somebody really made good a for Photoshop that. mistake on that one. <laughs> no, no, look look at the little cottage. Text. Oh. Dead center. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, I just thought it was something so that someone had scrolled on the building, but there we go. Uh, but oh. yeah, like I think if you're playing something that's representative, so uh there's what is it, strength and honor or strength and glory, which is the two fat lardies game that came out where it's all two mil and things become slightly more representative at that point. I think having stuff like that would be a really good way to kind of build things up. And obviously because this is, this is, this is themed more towards World War II and that kind of French battle, well, the battle across France essentially and all that kind of stuff, I think these would be amazing for 
um, tying into something like Flames of War. So maybe you play your games of Flames of War, but then you use some of the stuff that maybe we looked at in a couple couple of weeks ago, where we we're talking about campaign maps and that kind of thing, mm. and use these to supplement the idea. You know, just sort of blank tokens or something on the table. I think that'd be really nice. And also, it's cheaper chips to start playing things at this level. To be honest. So. <laughs> it really depends if you're playing three mil on a six by four gaming table you're going to need a lot of these little houses depending on how many little villages and stuff you want yeah. dotted around your countryside that's fine look at the price though yeah yeah and also obviously you could play things on the grandest scale possible but if you play three mil on a four by four board you're still essentially playing out like a massive section of countryside in france somewhere or something We're, so yeah. There's there's an idea in my head. It's never going to happen because when ideas come into my head, they really quickly disappear. But I have an idea and it's got to do with something in one of the next tabs that we're going to be looking Ooh, at. So yes. okay. what you got? Um, yeah. So uh, just quickly, we'll move on to the ready painted stuff then. So this yes. is, you were talking about the fact that sometimes uh, companies do ready painted bits and pieces. Well, Battlescale also do that as well. And actually, as you can see, it's not actually that much more expensive to get no. the, the pre-painted stuff onto the tabletop. So if you wanted to just pick up, say, everything in that collection and use that to represent a little village, because obviously you could change things yourselves if you really wanted to. And then all of those pillboxes, you just build upon the cliffs on the, the beach side or something. Yep. Suddenly you've got, you know, an invasion set up or an attack on a, uh, a French village where the Germans have occupied it or something. And uh, mm. away you go. I think it's really cool. Yeah, because obviously, as, as I say, sometimes you look at ready, ready painted stuff, and it's exorbitantly expensive. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, really you nice all, you there. always expect to pay a premium for pre painted. Yeah, to to a degree anyway. When it comes to terrain, yeah. but yeah. I mean, these, these are so small. That's charming, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's just really charming. Yeah, cute. I know. I know you play a bit of BattleTech, uh, Shay, but uh, could you be tempted to look at sort of historical stuff? In sort of a smaller scale, as well as just your sci-fi things, or or you or you 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 love your twenty-eight mil too much. <laughs> I mean, I've been playing Team Yankee in fifteen mm -hmm. mil. Yeah, but I would rather play like bolt action in the bigger scale for some right. reason for yeah. historical. I don't yeah. know why. I just like tanks should be big. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tanks should be big. Tanks should be scary. I want that. Yeah, I get, so I don't. I, get I don't that. think so. I think I'll stick to my sci-fi and smaller smaller yeah. scales. <laughs> Here's something for you, Shay. Though you could have your lance of Urbamex just wandering through an old French village. You know, you've came up across a feudal world. Yeah. yeah. No, it isn't <laughs> Okay. Shay wants skyscrapers. You want skyscrapers yeah. so you can hide behind them. That's what he wants. Yeah. So. I want to be able to topple them on other enemies. That's just that's, come yes. on. Well, and you can't do that. With... Building, yeah. Kicks it. You can't do that with a French farmhouse, I suppose. So. Exactly, yeah. Uh, just... Sorry, 10 millimeter cattle bar. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think, uh, as I say, Battlescale came to me um, fairly recently as a kind of like, a, oh my God, this company exists. Uh, but I, I, I think they've got a really fantastic range. Uh, all of it's done uh, in the UK as well, which is, which is good to see, because a lot of the times you'll see a lot of this stuff and it's from America or something like that. But it's nice to be able to be like, ah, I can actually order the, all of this stuff and there won't be terrible imports or that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, uh, bad, bad, bad. Are you sure? For our European well, brothers and sisters yeah. out there? Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Europeans, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, um, Europe. You'll have to pay for this. <laughs> Uh, I assume you wanted to look at the troop blocks. Is that yeah. what you're looking at then, John? Yeah. Yeah. So what's your plan? What's, what was your, what so do you think? When, when I seen these and I seen the uh, three mil stuff, 
Mm-hmm. So imagine, like, take it, like, genuinely, as Justin was saying, taking your time and doing a six by four in three mil, but putting on uh, a set of stilts, another, a big layer of perspex over the top of that. Oh. And making it as a, a top down, like a command map, and using these to move oh. over the top of the perspex for unit placement and stuff. Do, do I get the pushy stick? Yes. You'd that have to have the push. You need ish. the pushy stick. That's a requirement. Yeah. But I think that would look kind of cool. You can also hit your yeah, opponent with uh, cheating. That's the, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. And I'm sure <laughs> there's, there's, there's a ton of command level games out there anyway that would, oh, yeah. would support that. So, yeah. yeah. Three mil. Do you really need infantry models when you have a green block that says this is the infantry? Well, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a here, section. Here is a company. Here is a platoon. Here is a squad. Mm-hmm. I don't plus, you even have a squad. Plus, it it plays into the not being able to actually get into the buildings and stuff like physically. So it's just that block is in that town that represents that infantry regiment in there defending. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they they have taken up defensive positions. Yeah, yeah, and then you could have another one of these that you could push up to say, okay, they've now entrenched or fortified. Yep. I like yeah. it. I like the idea. Yeah, because I'd obviously just looked at these and thought of them from, you know, the kind of point of view of just using them with maps, but obviously they could be equally as useful as you say in, in, in war gaming senses, depending mm-hmm. on how you thought about it and the abstraction level that you were coming at as well. Plus, if you're a if you're a big terrain guy, you mm-hmm. get to make this thing look absolutely gorgeous and then you're not wrecking it the moment you're starting yeah. to play with it mm-hmm. yeah that all right cool. here's a silly thought john so instead of doing the massive sheet of perspex hmm. what if you got clear acrylic rods and put them on as like stilt legs on top so that you were lifting and shifting i didn't i, I wouldn't really want to mess with the terrain once i have it done that's, you know that's what I mean? what I'm like i don't with those want... like four stick legs you can just turn it to circle it into wherever you need to go because you've only got four little points down on the table. Yeah, but what if you want to make your table like a sand table and it's all like undulating? Oh and yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like really you want to go do LLM in. Yeah. Well, immediately we've got two amazing projects that John's going to be working on in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, we're going to have a Normandy table and a desert table. It'll never happen. Now we just need them to make a Stalingrad table and we're complete. <laughs> yeah, it's German Churchill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think there's some if you I think there's some really cool stuff in here that they've put together. Um, if you go back to their sort of like main shop page, there was one thing I wanted to just quickly open for you open as well. If you bring up the uh, the shop tab on that top bar and go to the ACW and uh, American War of Independence buildings, just further down These? there we go. Yes, those ones. These. Click on that. Yes, because I hadn't looked to see what was in here. Oh, okay. There's not too much there. Never mind. But there are some timber buildings if you want to play around uh, with. They them. are forty-five yeah. pennies each. Wow, I love that. That's amazing. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, you're you're really gonna fill up your cart with a ton of stuff going to this yeah. site with these prices. What yeah. um what scale is Warlords, um, ACW well, range? Technically, it's thirteen point five millimeters, but fifteen mil if you want. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you could pick it. So unfortunately, it wouldn't quite work for that. But mm. uh, it's uh, shame. Maybe the ten mil stuff would if they start bringing out in ten. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's definitely worth having a look at the work from Battlescale. Uh, as I say, they do amazing stuff. I can't believe that I didn't really know about them until about a week ago. Um, you can buy it all from their web store, as you can see there, which is just battlescale.com. 
go and check it out, see what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some lovely, pretty pictures of what it all looks like when it's put together. Oh, glorious. Look, <laughs> a bridge and AC <laughs> and some American Civil War style characters on them. Amazing. Uh, but then they also have a, a selection of stuff over available on the Pendragon web store, which is focused on their, well, specifically their 10 mil collection, because that's what Pendragon do. Um, but if you're looking to pick some stuff from Pendragon as well, you can do at the same time. So yeah, some awesome stuff there from Battlescale. Um, hopefully people will go over and check that out. Tell us what scales you enjoy the most. And uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty good Indie of the Week. We had it four was. different intros and we had a look at a whole host of different trains. <laughs> <laughs> Pick the one you want, guys. <laughs> and people tell us to this again. That's the other thing. Right, uh, we're going to move on now and we'll be delving into some tabletop gaming news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe, Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that sh- you love. It's the motherfucking news. <laughs> all right, folks, and welcome back. We're going to be diving into some tabletop gaming news. Uh, we start off with some stuff that arrived earlier in the week from Atomic Mass Games. A little bit of a surprise announcement from them. But they are going to be developing a new Star Wars tabletop game that's going to be coming out in summer of 2023 this is star wars shatterpoint dun, dun, dun. Um, so from what we know so far this is going to be coming out around june next year it is going to be a squad based star wars game the scale looks at least from what we've seen so far there's been no official announcement of the actual scale of the models that it's going to be more around that kind of Marvel Crisis Protocol scale, so around 35 to 40, although they might even be bigger. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But as you play the game, you're going to be taking control of an iconic character from the series, uh, be that Count Dooku or Lord Maul or Obi-Wan Kenobi or Anakin, and you're going to be then joined by some of your companions. So, for example, here we've got Grievous, who's supported by a section of uh, super battle droids. You had Count Dooku up, up above, who was uh, sort of flanked by his droids there with those big shocky sticks. I can't remember what they're exactly called. Someone's going to tell me. Uh, and then you've also got Maul there, who's also got all of his lovely Mandalorian followers alongside him too. Um, the game is going to be, as I say, squad-based, so it's going to be focused on smaller selection of models. So you'll have maybe, as you can see there, four to five models per side, and you'll be fighting it out over, as they've called it, ever-changing objectives on the tabletop. And we'll play this, and we'll bring it big so that everyone can see it. So, yeah. Um, I have to wonder if this is going to run off something that's closer to the the Crisis Protocol game engine? Well, uh, there was a lot of people commenting on this during the week because, obviously, everyone's very enthusiastic about Star Wars. And uh, they said that it's not it's not the same mechanics as MCP, as Marvel Crisis yeah. Protocol. It's different from that because it's an entirely new game and, and product and stuff. Yeah. But uh, it will obviously share some DNA in the sense that it's going to be a much smaller model count that's used on the tabletop uh, when you're playing your games and stuff. Um, but from the look of it, I mean, I think this looks great. I mean, I'm a big fan of the Clone Wars era, and it seems like that's what they've really focused in on when it comes to this. We're getting models for Anakin and Obi-Wan and Asajj Ventress and all that kind of stuff as well, which I think is really nice to see. Um, And the other thing that's really nice about this is the aesthetic, because they've gone for more of that animated look, which I think is really cool. So it's a little bit more uh, exaggerated, which I think is a really nice way to go. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm certainly interested and intrigued by this. Uh, I'm obviously a player of Star Wars Legion, and I enjoy that game. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see how this uh, um, sort of goes down with everyone else in the tabletop. What do you guys think of this one? Are you interested? I, I, so. I think it, it it captures the more cinematic nature of Star Wars with the posing of the characters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know Legion because it's more of a straightforward. I say straightforward, straightforward war game. Everything is a bit more regimented and a bit more even your unique characters. Yeah, they're cool looking. Yeah, but I think I, I think you're right at the scale as well. I think it's it's definitely more uh, MCP or whatever. Yeah. It certainly looks a lot bigger than the sort of 28, but actually more around 32 mil that we yeah. got for Legion, I suppose, doesn't it? But I mean, yeah. like Grievous looks great there. Looks absolutely great there. I love his posing in it. All his lightsabers from his collection. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Maul, of course, doing the, the what proper we all, pose. What yeah. we all loved in episode one when he was like, Look, I have two of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is I, very cool. I, yeah. I do think this is going to feel more Star Wars. Because mm. anytime you're watching the movies, it's about a very tight, close knit group of people mm-hmm. having adventures. And it's a lot less about seeing big massed armies clash yes it happens but the real focus is on in that narrative in that 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 style so i think if they can translate that into the game of the game mechanics i think it's going to make a really cracking game mm. i know a lot of people have obviously had misgivings from the sense that you know people have star wars legion collections uh and they're thinking why don't you just make this game at the same scale as star wars legion but I suppose if you're trying to do and evoke that feel of cinematic combat on the tabletop with a smaller new number of figures going for a bigger scale allows you to do a lot more of that stuff and play around with it. I'm sure there's going to be ways for you to convert it so that you could just play it with your 28 or your smaller figures if you really wanted to. Um, but I guess we'll have to see what the game mechanics are like because that's going to be the real thrust of this. If the game isn't good, then it doesn't really matter what the models look like, I suppose. Um, but it'll be very nice to see where they go with this one in the future. If you just bring up the... If you go back down to the trailer, John, and just scroll through a little bit, there's... I'm not making you do more stuff, John. But if you if you go through to... I think it's one of the sections towards the middle where there's a look at uh, some of the terrain. Uh, here we go. Click on that. now. That stuff could well be scratch built, but I think from what we've seen with them doing for like um, Marvel Crisis Protocol, I reckon we're going to get some of this terrain stuff as well, probably on the same same lines, which would be quite nice to see. Like a product, I so. yeah. I mean, obviously the the Causeway Wolfius. Oh yes, yeah, that's scratch, scratch, yeah, that's that's yeah. Scratch. that yeah. that looks like a kit to me. That those, it does, yeah. those floor tiles and stuff, they look yeah. like kits. Yeah, and with the way it all goes together, there's quite a few different components there, so it looks like it might be something that's quite modular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looks like you'd be able to like bolt things together and use those sort of buttresses on the side to kind of finish off wall sections and that kind of thing. I but, yeah. I think the I think the Star Wars fans have been crying out for something you know for terrain that's a bit more for them. Mm-hmm. I know that um, Star Wars Legion does a bit here and there, and there's a lot of MDF manufacturers and stuff. But if yeah. this is in plastic and captures mm-hmm. that sort of aesthetic of of Star Wars a bit more, yeah. I think it's gonna gonna go down a trade hopefully. We know they have the capability to do it with what they did with Marvel. Yeah, yeah, all all the New York street train and the sort of alien exactly. stuff they did as yeah. well later. Well. Exactly. I also and hope the bases are like that. Yeah, like the, those, those bases, bases are quite nice. Yeah. Oh I mean, my god! Look at those Republic commandos. Oh, are they so, the oh. him behind the wall and him throwing the grenade? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I, in, I'm, all for that. I'm not into Jedi. I love the faceless badasses. 
Mm-hmm. I, I love the, the commandos and I love all the so stormtroopers and stuff. I'm assuming you've watched the Bad Batch then, John? No. Oh, you oh, need to watch the Bad Batch. You, you would love <laughs> it. The last, the last thing I watched was the Clone Wars cartoon series. Uh, okay. So good. I would, also, I would also recommend watching Andor because Andor has been mm. phenomenal. I, I've been <laughs> waiting. Is. I've been doing this more with series now. I'm waiting until the entire thing's out and then binging it. Because I hate watching a week's episode, and then it's just like, oh no, I have to wait a week for the next one. Damn it! I mean, come on. You even got Django. Yes. <laughs> Don't lose your head. I said that you did that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as I say, this is the kind of the first time we've had a look at this in in, in a lot of detail. But I genuinely think uh, this could be really fun to see where they go with it. Uh, I was talking about this with a friend of mine. Um, oh look at that it's oh Obi-Wan and Anakin in just, their Clone Wars look yeah it's it's nice and all but there's a B1 in there too oh yes oh, oh my god that yeah. is definitely not Star Wars Legion skill they have said that they're going to be doing uh, the ability to kind of customize stuff now I don't think that means that you're going to be able to customize the models individually but I think it means you're going to be able to like Marvel Crisis Protocol Mix and match Jedi from hey. a particular faction, hey. or all the good guys and stuff. Hey, they, they the, the, battle, the battle droids are in threes on a yes. base. Oh, oh yes. that's cool. That's cool. just like, like what they did for the <laughs> shield agents. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. But I wonder if you'll have the Trade Federation there going. I want my droidicas. <laughs> no, my droidicas. <laughs> well, sure, we blew them up, most of them up in Episode One. That's yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm excited for this. I think. Definitely one to keep an eye on and one that we will have to get under camera at some point. So, uh, yeah. Ben, do, do your thingy thing, reach out and you know network to, to get this in the studio. There will already ASAP. be emails being sent. At this I'll, very I'll leave you on a nice blurry. If you go back to the news post and scroll up, we'll see that there's the cover to the kind of core set that's coming out. Mm-hmm. So it looks like what you're going to get in the core set is we're going to have um, Ahsoka Tano going up against um, uh, Maul. Lord Maul. Probably on Mandalore, I would imagine, because <laughs> uh, you've got the uh, you've got both sides everywhere. Yeah, got to both sides of the Mandalorian conflict there with Bo-Katan, and then I cannot remember what the other guys called. People are going to crucify me. But is that Sabine in front next to the Jedi on the art here? Oh yes, so yes, so you've got Bone Katan Kriz on the left, I think, and then Sabine Wren on the right. Yeah, and then you've also got Asad Ventress and. Uh, Anakin in at the bottom as well, so I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe that's just to kind of illustrate the other kind of cool stuff you can do, or maybe will there be a whole bunch of different models in there? Be to mix yeah. and match with that, really cool. I so. do hope this comes with at least some terrain in it for the core set. Mm. Did Did Marvel Crisis Protocol come with terrain in the uh, core set? I don't think it memory did, serves, did. I think it did. I think it came with the the Daily Bugle newsstand. Oh, uh, and the car, some... the smash car, and stuff. Yeah, like that was it. Yeah. yeah, so it had just enough to get you going to throw things at people. Yeah. Yes, this, this and might. So this might get me into an atomic mass game. So. Oh. There we go. So yeah, something fun to look at there. If you're a little bit of a Star Wars fan, let me let us know your thoughts down below. Uh, I think we're kind of on the sort of hesitantly excited about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not but, hesitant. Uh, I am. I'm <laughs> just in this all in. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how this one goes, and uh, no doubt we'll try and get this on under camera in the near future as we move towards next year. 
sticking with Star Wars, uh, we had some more news from Fantasy Flight Games, who obviously <laughs> owned Star Wars Legion uh, before Atomic Mass Games did, I suppose. Uh, but this is the news about their new deck building game for two players that is coming out. Um, so this is not a collectible game or a living card game like they've done in the past. This is uh, solely everything you get in the boxes, what you play with kind of thing. Deck uh, building. Boo. <laughs> Deck building's amazing, Justin. Don't be harsh on it. But Not yes. my cup of tea. <laughs> In this game, one player will take on the role of the rebels, while the other player will take on the role of the empire. And uh, well, naturally, obviously. And uh, what you'll do is you will fight over destroying locations on the tabletop that both of you own. So each of you will have bases and planets that you'll be in control of, and you'll be trying to play cards to do damage to those different locations. And when you destroy three of them, you win the game. Now, the really interesting little twist in this, which I think is really fun, is that in the middle of the game board, you have, as you can see there, the uh, galaxy row, which is a row of cards that you'll be able to buy from as kind of like a market, because you'll spend your resources to add cards to your deck hence deck building, to use them in future rounds. Now, that's that. normally in a deck building game, you tie kind of just fight against whatever the other players have got out in front of them in their tableau. In this, the Empire can bounty hunt cards from the Rebels in that row and destroy them so that they can get additional sort of resources or abilities from doing so, and the Rebels can sabotage not kill, sabotage <laughs> cards from the Empire in that middle row to stop them stop them from buying them. So there's a really nice kind of like um, sort of denial element to the gameplay, which I think is really fun. Um, and I think it'll be really nice to see how that evolves throughout the sort of process of the game as you start to get a little bit more into it and sort of learning the mechanics. There's also this force track. Um, so during the game, you'll be able to track if the force is with you. Um, obviously, you can't have a Star Wars game without the force in it, apparently. Uh, and uh, this is a track which slides from one side to the other, and it will give you certain benefits. And if the force is with you during a particular card play, so, for example, if it's on the blue side for the Empire, it's always boggled my mind the Empire is blue and the Rebels are red. <laughs> I, I could never get my head around that with the lasers. It was, it was, oh, no, it was green. And stuff. It was so weird, but never mind. <laughs> I suppose it makes sense Rebel red, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, if, it's, if, it, if it swings from one side to the other, you get certain benefits. And if a card is played that says, if the force is with you, get this benefit, uh, then you'll get some additional things like credits or resources or damage and that kind of stuff as well. Um, it's very cool to see that it's just a, a standard two-player game as well. I think it'll be a really nice tug of war to play it on the tabletop. Uh, I'm definitely eager to try it out. I love a bit of Star Wars. I have far too many um, Star Wars Destiny dice in a box of shame behind me. Let's not talk about that. That's quite a lot of money. Hang on. Yeah. You didn't have to paint them. We'll save I that for an XLBS, Ben. We'll save that for XLBS. Yeah. Yeah. You oh, can God. open your box on camera and you can tell us all about it's, it. It's, it's, You're making it's him abominable. expose himself on the internet? Yeah. yeah. The worst thing is I can't sell it now because the game's dead. No. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. That, yeah. Now what you do is it goes into the attic and 50 years from now, when you're an old man going to the nursing home, your family's going to chuck that out not realizing it's worth about 20 grand. Probably. No, what yeah. you do, what you do is you go to Facebook and you mark it as rare OOP. Yes, that's what I do. <laughs> ah, marketing brand. There you yeah. go. Pre-painted dice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Star Wars: The Deck Building Game that's going to be coming out from the folks at uh, Fantasy Flight Games. Make sure to uh, go and check that out. I think it could be a fun little head-to-head -head clash for two players to get stuck into and have some fun with. There we go. Uh, moving on, we're going to be going to look at. The Realms of Fantasy, uh, and some stuff from the amazing folks at uh, Cromlech. 
Um, they do some of the best orcs around, and uh, they've recently um, put their foot into the world of fantasy football with the creation of the new Champy Orcs team, which has been made available over the last week or so. Um, so if you're diving into playing a little bit of fantasy football, be that Blood Bowl or something else, although I don't know if any other fantasy football games exist. I'm sure someone will tell me. Um, you can pick up this awesome orc team that has kind of been designed around the idea of them being more savage orcs, I guess, rather than that kind of classic heavily armoured black orc blocker style look that you tend to get with the classic um, orcs. It's the, it's the orcs that live next door to the Seraphon. Yes. I, I mean, yeah. I, I have to ask, please tell me, yeah. is the team name the Crashing Bandicoots? Yeah, I well, was looking at the masks going, it is a bit Crash Bandicoot. It should, yes, it should be, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can't unsee that now. <laughs> you are welcome, Internet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you're able to pick up the core team, as you can see there, in its entirety, which is a whole bunch of different resin models. Or if you prefer to go down the route of just picking up a few individual elements, you can pick up the shamans, the uh, blockers, uh, the brawlers, sorry, the throwers and the linemen separately. And they're all just individual packs with a couple of miniatures per set that you can use to kind of um, furnish one of your existing teams. Um, so if you already have a bunch of orcs, maybe from Games Workshop, and you want to kind of spice things up and throw some special characters into the mix, maybe this would be the route to go down. Uh, and, or maybe you just want to pick some of these up and do some converting with them. I really love the aesthetic of these. I think mm. that the going down that slightly more savage orc slant is a really fun idea and all the like rope bound armor and and uh, sort of weapons and stuff very much reminds you of kind of like mutai like look you know mm -hmm. and you do we had them all with the ropes around their fists and things um so you get the sense of these guys just beating everybody up but looking after they're, their they're hands arcs, at the same time. so that that is ooh, that's gonna chief <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's also it's also kind of it enables you to come at these from a different angle when it comes to painting, I think, as well, because you look at these and you, you're inspired to paint them with bright big colours for the, the feathers and the war paint and stuff like that as well. Yep. So, yeah, really nice little team if you're looking to do some fantasy football stuff. Sticking with fantasy, but moving to uh, the Mortal Realms, we also had some news from Games Workshop for what's coming for the Slaves to Darkness. Um, so... You all know from last week uh, that we're going to be getting that um, army set that's going to be uh, available for you to pick up to get everything new for the Chaos Warriors and stuff, following either Archeon or uh, Bellacor. Um, but in addition to that, we're also getting a revamp of a section of the different characters and troops from that range. Um, so I think a lot of people genuinely really liked a lot of the standard chaos warriors and chaos knights anyway to yeah. uh, really um but they have a couple of them been given a little bit of a glow up here and there so for example you've got this chaos lord on demonic mount um, who is looking very nice <laughs> horse horse hoof on rock yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly for this kit i would actually remove that and just have it as if the the horse is rearing up a little properly yeah i imagine style yeah. yeah i imagine it's there just for model stability or whatever yeah 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 yeah. But I think it, I think it looks great. I love the hammer as the weapon of choice mm -hmm. there. I think that seems properly chaos to be smashing things to pieces with hammers. Uh, you've also got this exalted hero of chaos who has a very thin head. 
Um, <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. The, the head is in proportion. The armor is just very big. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The shoulder pads. Yeah. Uh, he's got a he's got a sword there, but you can also give him two axes. Uh, so the kit's going to be a little bit of you can mix and match and things as you see fit. There's also there is also an unhelmeted version if you want to go down that route, which is quite nice. <laughs> if you don't um, choose the two axes, don't buy them. <laughs> you don't do if this, you're not you thinking wrong. about axes move on if you're not thinking about axes have you considered axes yeah. it feels it feels like Shay might like corn I don't know why but there we go <laughs> just a bit uh, uh, in addition to the new names well new character models sorry not named characters we also have a couple of new sort of designs for the Chaos Warriors so they've I think been bulked up a little bit um, from their previous iteration. Now, I quite liked the look of the Chaos Warriors as they stand currently in the Stark Collective box and stuff. I think it's one of the best Stark Collective boxes out there because of the aesthetic and all that kind of stuff. But here, you've got a little bit more of a dynamic selection of individuals, I think. Uh, and they've gone down the route of making them uh, sort of a dual kit as well. So you've obviously got the big halberds there if you want to run with those, or you can run with hand weapons and shields if you prefer. I think they kind of match more now the scale that we're seeing for the Stormcast Eternals and the Thunderstrike stuff, yeah. um, where they've been given a little bit more bulk, meaning that they're not going to feel so weedy, I suppose, next to some of the big boys of Sigma. Um, but uh, well, big boys and girls, I suppose, of Sigma. Uh, but this kind of kits you a really nice section of different kits. The other thing that I really like about this as well is that it kind of maintains the aesthetic for the Chaos Warriors that everyone has liked since they came out. Yep. They've gone with this kind of classic old world aesthetic for the Chaos Warriors that even though they've transferred over into the mortal realms now, these could be used equally as well if you're going to be trying to build uh, sort of like an old world army for Warhammer Fantasy Battles or the Ninth Age or something like that, which I think is really good. Um, the dynamism might make ranking them up a little bit harder <laughs> but uh, and their big swooshy capes, but uh, that's a problem for you to solve, not I me. I would like to have seen a female variant of the Chaos Warriors. Well, I think there is one up in the top right. I think that's a female warrior uh, of that on them, in that second picture. Oh, in the second picture. Yeah. That, yeah. I th that might be a lady up there. I mean, the big thing is they're in massive armor, yeah, so true. you can't really tell that they've got the old boobicles, can you? So. Only, only the Stormcast <laughs> seem to care about that with their armor. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, sculpted Grecian boobicles. I'm mean, gonna keep saying can, that word now, so you could just say has the, to think about bleeping it. Maybe. The one, the one <laughs> no, no, I, I don't, because that's fine. And there is the an option on YouTube's upload for that. The one with the top knot's a girl, clearly. Okay. Yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah. Oh, well, just make them all girls. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm running uh, an entire female faction. Are you? Who are you? Chaos warriors. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I think these are really good. I love the shields. I think mm. the massive shield designs are really nice. Um, and you get the sense that they use them almost as weapons as well as a defensive uh, option, which I think is really cool. Um, but yeah, this set, as I say, can be done with either halberds or hand weapons, and you can do what you like with them. But yeah, really nice little set of additional Chaos Warriors. Yep. We also got a look at the Chaos Knights that got a little bit of a revamp as well. Um, so they can be armed with uh, lances or hand weapons and shields, although there is also, I believe, like a big magical weapon for your champion to use in battle at the same time. It's like a big runic demonic weapon, which is really nice. The, um, the, the posing on the musician's horse, oh, wow, don't drop yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> whenever I first looked at him, point. I thought that was actually a hearing horn. I thought he had put it into <laughs> the side of his head. <laughs> what do you mean, attack? 
you want me to kill who? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I genuinely think these are really nice. That Again, they've managed to keep the aesthetic uh, of the Chaos Warriors from, the, well, that I liked from, you know, sort of one fancy battles in the early days of Age of Sigmar. Really cool models, as always. Maybe a little bit busy. I mean, one of the things that you get when it comes to painting Chaos <laughs> is you have to deal with a lot of accoutrement being added to your models. So there's a lot of little delicate things to colour in on the edges of armour. You have to do a lot of skulls. You have to do a lot of faces and sort of fleshy things hanging down off shields and stuff. But oh, um, I'm dying. This is not Slanesh. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think they look pretty cool and mm -hmm. uh, will certainly be inspiring a lot of people to be looking at building uh, Chaos Armies, no doubt, in the near future. Uh, so yeah, very nice stuff there. Very nice. Mm. And now... We move on to some grimdark future stuff. Because... I'm going to meet myself for this one because this is all job. This yeah. is the only part of the news I care about. <laughs> <laughs> because, ah. Oh, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Cadia Stands, the new army set, is going to be made available to pre-order this weekend. Yep. We are going to have a bunch of them for you to pick up on store.ontable.com. So if you want to get your hands on one. <laughs> By merch. <laughs> but anyway, John, I'll let you wax lyrical. Do you like it? Is it fun? Are you going to buy one or 30? What do you think? <laughs> you did, hand, um, hand. I'm going to put it out there. You did say you would. <laughs> as much as every guard player on the planet knows that 600 guardsmen is a decent number and not enough, <laughs> I'm going to refrain from having 600 guardsmen. Um, I am actually going to be getting two of these. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the second codex. I don't know. Maybe go on video, cut the special cover off, and put it in a frame. <laughs> I could. Well, you, I, I it's a nice piece of art. Like you. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice piece of art. I mean, why nice. would I keep it on the book if I have two of them? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this, this, is, this is the revamp a lot of guard players have wanted, and a lot of guard players are going to really hate in equal measure, I think, because we've got the new scale miniatures. Um, we're getting this really nice looking, updated, more modern looking aesthetic to the Cadians. And there's there's aspects of this I like and there's aspects I don't like. I really like how the Guardsmen look now. I like how the Commanders look now. I've started to warm up to the Sentinel a lot more and since I've seen a few more previews and stuff. And the, the Ordnance teams, these bigger guns that we're starting to see, um, they all seem to have their place and they all look good. And like I said before, they, they sort of hark back to the older style heavy weapons teams that had that all the gun shields in front of them and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I love it. And I'm glad I currently don't collect guard. I feel sorry <laughs> for anyone that currently collects guard, Bricky, who has a lot of Bricky guard models, who now has looking at them going, everything is now obsolete. Do I buy the new stuff or do I go screw it and stick with what I've got? Because they're not going to sit well with the older guardsmen at all. They're they're the taller. old basic Cadians, yeah. Yeah, the old basic Cadians that we've all known and loved for over twenty years now. They, they, are, they are an old kit. Mm, they <laughs> are a very okay. old kit. Uh, <clears throat> the new heavy weapon platforms. Didn't you say earlier this week that the the stat lines had started to drop for them? Yeah, yeah. All three stat lines for three. There, there is three. Yeah. All uh, right. No. Yeah. You had the the heavy las cannon, which, and then you have the cannon one that I can't remember the name of, but it's basically a mini basilisk. It's got no yep. line no line of sight requirement, which is great, and the rocket battery. 
which is a double Nebelver for which, you know, when you when you hear Nebelver for you go, that's cool. But then when you say double Nebelver for, <laughs> yes. Well, hang, on, hang on, would it not be a Nebel Nebelver for? It's it. Or a Nebelwerfer-Werfer. I'm looking forward to I'm guessing they're pretty destructive, by the way, these stat lines for these weapons. From now on, I'm calling it the mini Earthshaker, this one up here. Right. Because it's a baby Earthshaker. It looks like it's going to be very capable. The the heavy las cannon looks really good. Yep, it's devastating. It's it's very very tough. The rockets, I'm not so keen on. Shay's more sold on them than I am. Uh, They're so anti infantry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So right. anti infantry, it's insane. Mm. <laughs> so if you have a friend who plays orcs, go nuts. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, small yeah. turret. Oh yeah, three of those will decimate an entire horde of hormigons. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. So what what I'm thinking going myself because i'm going to get two boxes i'm going to build all baby basilisks i figure because ninth edition is so screwed up anyway with its rules and people aren't enjoying it as much i may as well just hide and shoot you from distance <laughs> i may as well be like you want to get into combat do you good luck your objectives count for nothing if you're not on them. Exactly. Um, all right well I've, I've actually got the numbers up here uh so the Malayas rocket launcher is range 48, heavy D6 plus 6, strength 6, minus 1 AP and 1 damage. So, yeah. yeah, It's, it's an infantry killer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely an infantry killer. Um, yeah, what I mean, do you think about the new Sentinel, John? Because that's the other thing that a lot of people have been sort of umming and ahhing about. I'm still umming and ahhing about it. What I like about it is it's taking away, it's it's separating itself a bit more from the um, the eighty eighty style look with the two little that we had previous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were very much eighty eighty inspired. Mm -hmm. These, I think, the Scout Sentinel looks better than the armored still, but the armored still has a. It if anything, it looks more utilitarian and more <laughs> utilitarian than yeah the previous one as well. It's so plain with just enough stuff on it to make it look like a functional machine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the, and the Scout Sentinel just looks great because they, they managed to keep the, the little guy sat in the middle of it going, why am I so exposed in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, I have a chainsaw on the end of my mechanical arm. It's yeah. all going to be okay. Yeah. Every every Scout <laughs> Sentinel is now a Karajan pattern, if you remember Karajan <laughs> patterns. <laughs> Could you be tempted by one of these box sets then, Shay, or are you f firmly in the Custard Marines and Tyranids camp at the moment? Or... <laughs> no, I'm, I've always, I really want the Commissar. Right. The new yeah. Commissar model that's came out. Yeah. It looks amazing. I thought you didn't but, like him. No, sure, I love him. That's like, that's oh, it's a, that's Justin that doesn't like him. Yeah. No. He's close to being a Soviet, of course. <laughs> like... Exactly. I mean, I, I look at him and he's almost in a T pose. Well, he exactly. is, he's establishing dominance. He he's is a commissar. Dominant, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's commissar spreading. No, he's, like, he, he, he's no longer a commissar, he's a domissar. Domissar. God. Exactly. Oh, no, I, I that's going to be the so. name of something now. Yeah. Guardsman has never... I've always liked Guardsman, but I've never really wanted to collect them. Right. Okay. I think it, it's more you like the idea of Guardsman. Yeah, I'm, just, exactly. I'm just a regular human yeah. being in this universe of utter despair. <laughs> just give me oh. plastic death corpse of Greek that I'll that'll collect. Yeah, I mean the, the one I really want is the one I've always loved, which is Valhalla. 
Well, interestingly, talking about regiments and stuff, there was an article recently that went up on Warcom about regiments. Um, mm. And I may have had my dreams crushed because I don't think they're going to bring out models for them. But we I want to respond to They are going to allow you to mix regiments yes. within your. So you can have Mordians with Valhallans, with yeah. Cadians, with Catishans, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't they, put any of them together because it's, yeah. it's Cadian or Bust for me. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've got to redo the Cadishans. You you must no. think that they've got to redo them. You can't have those no, little tiny they, bubble boys walking if they, around. <laughs> if they redo them now, they're going to look awful because computer sculpting muscle doesn't work. And That's at that scale, they're going to the, the minor tools from Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, they're going to look like something like a Roblox. Like it's going to be like their, their <laughs> packs are just shoe boxes. <laughs> uh. But there we go. Uh, uh, Astra Miller Storm yeah. set, the Cadia Stand set coming out uh, this weekend for pre-order. You get the 20 Kadashan shock troops, the five-person command squad, the two field ordnance teams, a sentinel, the codex, which John is going to destroy, well, his second version anyway, <laughs> the cards yeah. and some other bits and pieces. I will point out, and I don't, I don't want you to dive into the FOMO, but it, I will point out that if you do want to get this, these models probably aren't going to be available until sort of early 2023. So obviously it's nearly Christmas time anyway, but if, bear that in mind when it comes to looking at these. If, if, I was, if, if I was to say anything to curb your FOMO, if anyone's watching thinking, I really need to buy this, just build it slowly. Get If you want exactly. this box, if you want yeah. this box, get it. Because you're not yeah. going to play with it until 10th edition drops anyway at this stage. Well, probably, yeah, which is probably. next year, most likely. <laughs> yeah, so work, yeah. work with 10th edition on the horizon and work towards yes. that. Yeah. So yeah. And we'll if you're looking to get it, we have made sure to secure a goodly supply. So the Munitorum will provide. Have you? We have. Have we? Yes, we have. Are you sure about You were that? in the conversation. Yeah. I'm... Just that I'm buying most of it. <laughs> I will also point I'm out. I'm not suffering for FOMO. Not at all. <laughs> I will also point out that if you do comment on this week's show, you could win a copy of this. So yes. there's always the option that you could try and, you know, test yeah. your fate against the gods and the Imperial Tarot. There yep. There you go. <laughs> Uh, moving on, we do have some more Games Workshop news. Yes. Sorry, folks, but we have some more. But I wanted to basically engage Shay's is this meta or not brain. Um, so we're going to so be looking at the some... good, the bad, the ugly, and the cheese. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to go through each of the different 40k battle forces that are coming out alongside the Age of Sigma ones as well, which I don't expect anyone to know anything about, but there we go. And we're going to talk about these in more detail. So kicking things off 40k, we have the Adeptus Sororitas Battle Force. I'm going to go through it, what it's Shay. got in it, and then you guys can go is this good or not? So this comes with Morven Vile, six Paragon Warsuits, five Celestian Sacrosants, and a Battle Sister Squad. Is this any good, Shay? Yes. Boom. There we go. Yes. Seal of approval. Six <laughs> Paragon Warsuits with Maureen Val. Uh, it's just the way to go. I assume it's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot. Yeah. And they're also pretty nice models. Uh -huh. I oh, quite like Paragon Warsuits. Yeah. Cool. I've always uh, wanted some for my sisters, but I could never bring myself to buy a set. <laughs> I, I assume expensive? Yeah, decently. They're not too bad. They're not as bad as you expect because you get three in a box, mm. but still decently expensive good. enough. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, Adeptus Sororitas gets a thumbs up from Shay. So, moving one, on. One ding. We, we have his favorites, the Custard Boys. So, we have Captain General Trajan Valoris. Boom. Three pra Virtus Praetors, uh, Virtus Praetors on, Dorn on Dorn Eagle jet bikes, but they can also just be. Dawning the jet bikes. You've also got three Alaris custodians and 15 custodian guards. And all of this stuff can be made into heroes because, of course, they can because they're Adeptus Custodes. What do you think, Shay? Is this good? 
Yes, very good. Boom. You can make <laughs> you can make a one and a half thousand point list out of this. So it's a full Insane. army and a box. Yes, yes yep, literally, it's a full army. So yeah. Custodes gets a ding. Boom. Let's keep with the imperial truth, although these, I suppose, don't really follow that, I guess. But yes, <laughs> we have the Adeptus Mechanicus battle force. This comes with Belisarius Core, the sneaky blighter, uh, alongside a pair of Castellan robots and their Cybernetica Datasmith handler. God, I'm reading some weird words here. <laughs> we also have six Catafron destroyers, which can also be built as breaches, and a unit of Skatari Vanguard that can also be built as rangers. Shay, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know because I don't oh, play Mechanicus. <laughs> okay, Honestly, half a thumb. I, I, I look at this and just the model selection feels a little bit bland. I can I see mean, that. I can see that. Everything there hits like a truck. Those mm, six destroyers. Mm. I think there you could put plasmas and melters on them. Mm. Like if you want to destroy some heavy stuff, they can destroy some heavy stuff. The two big robots, yeah. they hit like trucks. Belisarius cool. yeah. obviously hit, like, hits like a truck. Yeah. Decent. I definitely would say decent, but. There's not very much infantry. Yeah. No, that's so true. You can't really yeah. build an army out of it. Can't really secure any objectives very easily, can you, I suppose? No. So what you're saying is it's not as broken as Custodes. No. If <laughs> <laughs> you've already say, got a Mechanicus army, perfect maybe use this for as a reinforcements. Bonus, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. perfect. Yeah. I would also say that that uh, Catafron Destroyer in the top right in the middle looks like it's floating, so maybe they've found some nice new anti-grab technology to use in the battlefield. There we go. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with this because there's a lot of track things in there. Yes, yeah. it, I would it never scratches your tankage. Yeah. yeah, I say it now, and I, I'm like, I would never paint Belisarius. Mm. I wouldn't yeah. know where to start. I think I'd have to. <laughs> I think I'd have to paint him on the sprue. He just well, annoys me to look at. Details. We've discussed yeah. this before. His miniature is what you could definitely call a cluttered miniature. Oh, it is cluttered, but I mean that's mm. that's Mechanicus through and through. Mm. Next. Next, we have the Imperial Knights Battle Force, uh, which is big, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it only comes with six miniatures, so you know, army in a week, maybe? Six miniatures, <laughs> so you, but five actual miniatures. Yeah, you get the Knight Preceptor Canis Rex, which can also just be built as a Questorius Knight class knight. Yep. Uh, and then there are two Helverines and two Warglaves. Mm. Shay, what do you think? They're knights. Yeah, it says it all. Really. <laughs> no, it's, a night. it's going to hurt. Yeah. What, what I what I will say is I've I've built and painted a Canis before, and it is so satisfying, especially if you're going really like proper that style, that look of Canis, um, and doing all your decals and stuff. He is such yeah. a satisfying model to have painted and look at. Um, I've never played Imperial Knights. I collected Imperial Knights and then swapped them for two radio control tanks. <laughs> I got a good deal out of that. Um, what I like about this, though, is that it's giving you the Helverns and the Warglaves because they're just the smaller knight models are just handy. And the fact that you, I think you can chuck them into nearly any other Imperial army. Plus, I've seen a couple of guys reviewing these boxes as well saying low key chaos starter, chaos knight starter box as well. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Oh, yeah. If, you want if, you want to, if you want to do chaos knights and you've got a lot of conversion parts. Oh, yeah. There you go. You know, this is a, a good box for you to play with as well. Um, well who, who doesn't have leftover spikes from their chaos miniatures? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because ne nearly every model in here is transferable over to the chaos knights anyway. Yeah, you just need to make them look a bit more chaosified, and you're, yeah. you're yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Talking of chaos, we have two more battle forces. Well, two more battle forces for them. I'm just going to talk about them both at the same time. And Stinky. then we have So we have the Stinkies and the Sorceresses. So we have uh, the Death Guard one, which comes with Mortarion, 
uh, alongside five Blightlord Terminators and 14 Plague Marines. And then there's also the Court of the Crimson King, which is for the Thousand Sons, uh, which, comes with, <laughs> <laughs> which comes with Magnus the Red alongside three Exalted Sorcerers and 20 Rubik Marines. So probably the most basic of the sets, I guess, no in terms of what you kind of get in there. But no, no, no Zangles. No Zangles Thank in the God. Yeah. But what do you think oh, of those, Tiché? Are you a chaos boy? Do you like you them? Don't mind chaos. They're all right. I mean, they could be better. But <laughs> you get Primarchs in them. You get yeah, actual well, yes. Primarchs in them. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I, they're good. <laughs> I will say the the Death Guard one, building Martarian. Poor oh, mama. Building Mortarian isn't that bad. It is a chore, but you're getting... One of the best looking models in GW's range out he is there. Very nice. It True. looks amazing. True. Yeah. True. The True. fact that he's friggin' flying. Mm. <laughs> Again, he's Again, another he's, he's a model you don't want to drop. Mm. But yeah, it's just take your time with him. He's so impressive looking. Mm. It's a very imposing model. Well, wasn't wasn't he the first of the Demon Primarchs to come out, or was it Magnus? Magnus was the first. That was first, yeah. Magnus okay. was the first, but I think Mortarian swiftly followed. Yeah, because then he came, then he then he got into a nice little ruckus with the uh, robot girly man. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got blight. Yeah. So we we, we like we like the chaos ones because we like of the chaos ones as well. I think they're kind yep. of cool. Uh, we've got then got the two space ring ones. I'll talk about both of these and then we'll we'll go Ding. through them. So we've got the imperial fist one, which looks like possibly one of the best sets. I think a lot of people have talked talked about this one. You get Tor Garadon, who's leading the way alongside three Primaris aggressors and fifteen heavy intercessors. Uh, you also get a set of Primaris upgrades to make them look like Imperial, uh, Imperial Fists, which is obviously very helpful. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Raven Guard Battle Force. So while one of these is taking the front line, the other one is sneaking around the back to stab you. Uh, this is led by Kayvan Shrike uh, alongside a Librarian in Phobos armor. You then have 10 Primaris Reavers, two Invictors, Tactical Warsuits, and three Eliminators just to make sure you secure the kill. Shay, what do you think? Do you like these ones too? Imperial Fist? Yes. Raven Guard. <laughs> I actually like the look of the Raven Guard one there. The, I would the say the Raven Guard one looks better, but in actual gameplay, 15 heavy intercessors. Oh, yeah. oh. God, yes. Oh. Yep. <laughs> the, the thing I find with the, the Raven Guard one is it feels like a very situational kind of force. Um, yep. The Imperial Fist one is just. It, it, some people say it's bland. You know, looks wise, it's bland. Vanilla. It's not got a lot of big stuff in it, but it's a solid root of a wall. Oh God, it's not going to yeah. move. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you shoot it, it'll just go tink. Oh, it makes. I, keep I, don't walking, know. I, so. I think I would enjoy the Raven Guard one more, just because it it's got those Invector Tactical Warships in there, and I mm. love using those things. They are nice. They are nice. They're a nice yeah. looking model, but why didn't you armor the cockpit? <laughs> <laughs> because reasons. We ran out. <laughs> run out of material yeah but uh, yeah so that's a whole bunch of different box sets for 40k if you do dive into they might be good ways for you to start out with forces or as mm. Shay was saying might be a good way to, for you to expand an existing force that's on the tabletop mm. um, these are most likely going to pop up uh, with us on stored on tabletop so if you're interested in those make sure to go and check them out oh yeah we, we, we have think. to make the postman cry again yeah we, oh, we, we, want, we tend to get these battle forces every year so I yeah. assume we're probably going to get these as yeah. well oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you want to have seen the postman last year we filled his van twice just like Santa. 
Uh, We're going to finish things off, but I'm going to run through these quickly because obviously people don't want to hear us talking about Warhammer all the time and we have more things to talk about. But we have some awesome stuff for Warhammer Age of Sigmar. So these are a whole host of their battle forces, which they have expanded significantly on since last time around. Uh, For the um, Daughters of Cain, we have the Slaughter Queen on the Cauldron of Blood. I'm not going to read what else it can be. Uh, There's also five Melusai Blood Sisters five Kinari Heartrenders, five Doomfire Warlocks, and ten Witch Elves. God, they like their naming conventions, don't they? This is crazy. <laughs> you know you uh, love it. Yeah, I do, I do, actually. I like it when they do it this way, <laughs> when the, the kits have a nice big chonky miniature for you to yes, get into. Mm. I think that's really cool, because it means you've got a big statement piece to play around with, which is always fun. You've got and exactly the same thing too. with the, the Oruk War Clans, yeah? Uh, so we have the two hero models, which can be Swamp Boss, Scumdreck, and Gobsprack, but they can also be built as a Snatch Boss or a Killer Boss on their representative creatures. You also then get three of the Manskewer Bolt Boys and ten of the Gut Reapers. So it's a kind of basic force with a couple of battle line troops in there alongside some big characters. Sticking with the Auric Warclans and, well, sorry, not the Auric Warclans, but the Gloomspike Gits, still Greenskins. Uh, we have possibly the coolest of the sets. <laughs> so this <laughs> is awesome. just the Stampeding Squigglanch is an amazing name. And I absolutely <laughs> love it because these would be hilariously fun to paint. Uh, you get a Loon Boss on a giant cave squig, two Mangler Squigs. For ultimate chaos, I've even t- I've just knocked my shoulder out thinking about how amazing that is. <laughs> or uh, ten squig hoppers uh, that can also be built as boing grot bounders. These are amazing names, uh, and then a twelve miniature squig herd as well, just in case you have run out of squigs already. Um, if you love playing with balls, that's the one to go for. I love. Um, <laughs> love, love. The one on the right that looks like one squig is parkouring off the other. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's the, the mangler cool. squig. The mangler, mangler squig is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we also have one for the Skaven. Uh, this comes with a grey seer on a screaming bell, which also could be built as a plague priest on a plague furnace. Uh, a warlock bombardier, three storm fiends for ultimate machine gun loveliness. Uh, 40 clan rats and 40 plague monks. So if you're looking to paint a horde over Christmas, this is probably the one to go for. Um Contrast Cracky. points. Oh, contrast paints. Away. <laughs> this one tempted on me. This one tempted me. It's really nice. Yeah. I've wanted a Skaven force for quite some time. That's that's tempting. That's so mm. many Skaven. It's brilliant. Yeah, there's a lot of Skaven. Yeah. Next. We've, we've also got the Night Taunt, uh, who again would be a very quick and easy arm to paint if you could broke out the contrast. So this comes with Lady Alinda himself, herself, uh, a black coach, 10 Blade Ghast Revenants. 10 Dread Scythe Harridans and 10 Grim Ghast Reapers, again with the naming conventions there. Uh, but a big old ghosty force uh, that you could pick up, paint very, very quickly and get it to the tabletop nice and easily. You've got lots of battle line forces in there as well. Well, factions, of units in there, sorry. Alongside some of the more specialist kit. And you've obviously got Lady Alinda, who is going to wreck house with all of her magic and stuff, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Another one of the ones that was high up there on my sort of, ooh, this looks nice, maybe I should buy this, is the Sylvaneth Battle Force. So this comes with Dreyka Hammerdrath in the middle, uh, alongside two Tree Lords, not not one, two Tree Lords, which can be built as the Spirit of Dirthu or a Tree Lord Ancient, if you prefer. There's also 10 Spite Revenants. And then the thing that I was a little bit upset about, and I would have liked to see Colonel Hunters instead, is that you get the 16 uh, Dryads there. Dryads are all right, but I would prefer Colonel Hunters because Colonel Hunters are amazing. So there we go. But yeah, some stuff for the Sylvaneth. And then capping things and then capping things off. Uh we have the Stormcast Eternals because you can't leave the uh the big golden boys behind. Uh so this it comes with a knight relictor leading the way, alongside three annihilators, ten vanquishers, and ten vigilors, 
Uh, you can also have the two Stormdrake guards in there if you want to run some dragons, and who wouldn't? Because dragons are amazing. And one of those characters can be made, one of those, one of those kits can be made into a Knight Draconis. So if you want to lead an all-dragon force on the tabletop, you still can. They may have been slightly nerfed, but they're still amazing. And I really, really am tempted to build an all-dragon force for uh, Age of Sigmar, but there we go. That's a tale for another day. Um, yeah, so there you go. Maybe go and pick up these and add them to your collection. But phew, oh my God, that was a, a lot, lot of, stuff. of stuff. Jesus, <laughs> oh, wow. So much news, much wow. Um, let's Tell us what you think about everything we've covered in the news, and uh, we're going to be going off on a little bit of a break now, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about 3D printing and Kickstarters. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back, and uh, we're going to be diving into some 3D printing is the shears. See, I'm making my own jingle for that one. Uh, and yeah, we're going to be looking at something a little bit different this time. So this isn't for a range that currently exists, but it is for a range that is coming soon. Yeah. So uh, everyone knows War Games Atlantic. They do amazing plastic kits, don't they, folks? Um, I I think their kits are amazing they cover a whole host of different things from sci-fi through to fantasy through to historical and everything in between but they have also been working on something called Atlantic Digital which is their first foray into doing a little bit of 3D printing themselves. Now we have looked at stuff in the past from other companies that have been transitioned over into plastic with the help of War Games Atlantic, but this is them going out on their own and using their sculptors to create a whole bunch of digital assets for you to download and print off at home. So as you can see here, we have some fancy elements. So they've been sharing off things like Necromanta Oliena Velnorn, which I think is rather cool. Um, and in typical War Games Atlantic's style, all of the elements are kind of customizable and you can kit bash to your heart's content, which is always nice to see. Um, and you can see a couple of the sort of other versions of her when she's been put together there, which is quite nice uh, sort of giving you a taste of the different kits they're going to be doing for this one of the things they've been talking about over the last two weeks i think um has been kind of their ethos behind this um so you might see this and be like what war games atlantic they're not going to make any plastic kits anymore heresy <laughs> moan downvote but no what they're actually going to be doing is they're going to be using this to supplement the existing lines so you will obviously know as you say that um, you can keep scrolling down as well, by the way, John. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you, you'll notice that a lot of these are marked with the particular ranges that they're attached to. So they have between, like, I think, nine and 11 ranges that uh, War Games Atlantic have been working on, including the classic fantasy you can see here. And the idea behind this is that it supplements all the things that it currently exists. So they have all their halflings that they've already been working on, their halfling warriors. Well, instead of making an entire plastic kit dedicated to armoured halflings, they're instead doing the 3D printed elements so that you can make additional characters and units to then go alongside those halflings to use in your fantasy games. Now, this doesn't mean that these kits aren't going to get turned into hard plastic kits in the future. They may still do so. It depends on how well, how well they sell and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, but as you can see, a really nice section of different things for you to dive into. I love the Irish Chieftain. There's always got to be a Jerry somewhere, uh, and they always find a way to put him into their releases, and you can see yep. there. Yeah, that is a rather mean-looking chillilly he's rocking about with there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Can't do a bit of damage. You've also got the uh, Roman, as you can see there. So they've done one of these sort of um, sort of Imperial Romans for you to use in your in your games. 
again with a whole range of different elements for you to start making them and customizing them into different units and commanders and figures and all that kind of stuff as well which is always nice to see uh, and then here's some of the really cool stuff that they showed off i think it was most recently this week towards the end of this week so this is the set for their plastic afghan warriors so they've done them previously for the imperial conquest period so that means a lot of uh, sort of early firearms and that kind of stuff mixed in alongside uh, sort of standard dress from the, the, the period. But with a few additional sort of tweaks here and there, the addition of a, an RPG or a sniper rifle, a Dragnov, maybe? Dragunov. Dragunov, Dragunov. yes. There yeah. we go. Yeah. And RPG, some AK-47s, because of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can suddenly turn them into a modern force that would suddenly go up against the likes of, um, you know, the British or the Americans or something in the Middle East. I think it's really cool. Um, simply with the addition of the a curse AK. <laughs> the no. curse AK? What? Yeah, look up Brandon Herrera. We yeah, we don't have time to elaborate on that. Okay. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, okay. That side of the internet. Just check right. out Brandon Herrera. Okay. Right. Uh, there is also this much larger kit that they've got working on, um, which is the the Damned kit, which is a set of kind of sort of scouts and sort of um, behind enemy lines, saboteurs and stuff that you can use in your games with a whole host of different kit that you can play around with here. And if you wanted to go down the route of making them a little bit more chaotic or something, you could clearly do that as well, which I think is quite nice. But well, the thing that's really nice about that is that when you look at that kit, that is essentially an entire plastic kit if they wanted to carry that forward and start using that um, as, as a full sort of physical um, mm. kit in the future, I think it's quite nice. The nice thing for that is if you want to do something a lot more regimented with some of your warbands, because you're 3D yeah. printing, you don't have to worry about, oh no, the favorite gun I wanted to use on like five guys, I only have two of them. Damn it. You can 3D print the guns you want now. Yeah, it's yeah, yep. all good. And then you've got this alien headset, which was one of the more recent um, reveals by them. So, Say you're playing Star Wars Legion, for example, or, or not Saga. Say you're playing Star Wars Legion. Although I suppose you could be playing Saga Age of Magic with some weird creatures just, on that, I suppose. You yeah. just call them mutants. You just call them mutants, yeah. 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 Uh, but there you go. You've got a whole host of different alien heads. And how many of the Deathfields range would just look amazing if you just took some alien heads on them and changed them up? I think that'd be or fantastic. do it with the Isengard. So, do it with the Isengard as well. Yep. Perfectly. Wow. They're heavily armored alien per troopers then. Something. Perfect for something like Warpath. Exactly. Yeah. Could even use them. You could use them to suddenly make really diverse and interesting crews for Stargrave uh, and all that kind of stuff as well. And because obviously all these are 28 mil, I mean, obviously you can scale things up and down as, a, as and when you like, um, but these would be great to be used alongside other plastic kits at the same time. So it's a really nice little idea for them, I think. Um, as I say, they're not in the uh, the process of phasing out plastic stuff entirely. Um, yeah. So that's still going to be a thing. These are just used as a supplement to what already exists, and they'll be there to kind of build on things as they go forward. Uh, and this week as well, they put together this form. So if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see there's uh, they're giving people the chance to choose the theme for this month. So uh, all you've got to do is fill in the form with your ideas. As you can see, tick the boxes that you like uh, or the box that you like, and uh, you'll be able to sort of get involved with the development of the STL files that they're working on for the month of December and moving into uh, uh, January and February and everything next year as well. So I think it's really cool. So parrots. does anyone have any ideas of which ones they'd pick? <laughs> All the pirates. All things defensive. Okay. <laughs> Justin's going to go for pirates. What, what yeah. about you, Shay? <laughs> oh, cavalry. Cavalry. Oh, well, I thought oh. you would have went for the Forlorn Hope. Oh, Desperate attacks. Man. <laughs> okay, it, it's Christmas. Christmas is fast approaching, and apparently Shay wants a pony. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's oh, the man. only man in Wargaming who likes painting horses. That's what it is. Yeah, so. I just never painted a horse in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he still likes the yeah. idea of it. Yeah. I like the idea of the command and control and adding some leaders because I think that would be really fun to see it added onto their existing plastic collection. And stuff. Mm. But uh, but yeah, there you go. So uh, it's not exactly a 3D printing is the shiz of an existing range, but it's one that is coming around the corner next month, it, in fact. It is the um, shiz that's brewing. It, I think, yes. <laughs> I think this stuff here, the. Um, like the add-on kits for existing the conversion stuff. parts, yeah. Yeah, I think those conversion parts are are the best way for, forward for them because, yes, like yeah. you know, with the Afghans particularly, like because the dress doesn't really change uh-huh. with with Afghans; it's only what they're carrying. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is going to that's probably going to be their best piece or their best way forward yeah. is yeah. Uh, conversion kits, add-on kits yeah. for all the existing kits, yeah. ranges. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's going to Def- be there. Definitely agree, because let, let's say there's a weapon type they want it to add it to, say, an already existing kit. So let's use the Eisenkern, for example. Let's say you want it to get some some new heavy laser weaponry in there, or you want it to do like some bullpup-style rifles in there. You know, Having it come out as a, a digital piece, I'm well up for that. Well, you, they... Because they don't bring out a lot of plastic kits per year anyway, it lets them save the money on making the yeah, the molds and the sprues. You know, because that's obviously the biggest um, or part of the biggest sunk co- like cost for the company anyway. Yeah. So they can make they could make regular plastic infantry all day long, and then just say, right, well, here's an upgrade that's come out for them. Surely, yeah. one of your friends or your cell phones a three D printer at this point. Yeah, it also opens up the possibility for them to do their their future box releases as like a baseline. So you are a guy with a rifle, yeah. and then all of your upgrade and specialist stuff would come out digital, and potential so might recru- reduce their costs. There's there's potential in there for them to, if it takes off, for them to eventually produce those in house as well and sell them as a blister. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I, I for one, I for one would love to see them do Victorian sci-fi stuff. Maybe add that onto some of the existing yeah. kits, or take the World War One and World War Two kits they do and make them weird. There it we also yeah. gives <laughs> another opportunity if they're starting to explore digital, so they could do big kits. So True. you remember yeah. years ago they did the, uh, there was like an APC thing they did. Mm-hmm. So very expensive for a smaller company to actually get out to market but if they're doing it this way they can do the design work mm-hmm. and then they save all that money on the big setup that you would need for like the molds for that and just yeah. give it to folks digitally so they can actually release bigger badass vehicles possibly i mean i don't know if you're thinking about it uh, war games atlantic but think about it <laughs> <laughs> you could always bring, fill in that form and you could put it in the suggestion box yeah, bring, yeah, yeah. bring back that big eisenkern walker yeah, um, what was it called? That. Oh, yeah. Oh no, do you not remember the sci-fi stug they did? Oh, that was yes. cool as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, get that, that back well. out and get it out digitally. That's what I would go for. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, there we go. Some three D printing stuff to have a look at. Make sure to go and fill out that form. There will be a link down below, so you can go and head over to the War Games Atlantic website and have a look at that for yourself and make your own decisions. Are you going to go with pirates or are you going to go somewhere else? Uh, but there we go. Uh, that's the 3D printing stuff done. We're now going to be moving over into the world of Kickstarters. Mm. And uh, we're going to be starting things off with a look at something that uh, will probably be quite familiar to a lot of people, um, if you, especially if you like your video gaming. Uh, so The Last of Us, uh, which is from the folks at Naughty Dog, Weirdly enough, we were talking about Crash Bandicoot earlier, and they had a hand in uh, <laughs> in that. So there we go. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be looking at their work with. Wonder if, if 
Shall we sell? So who, what are we going to do with those cookies? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, John, John, we, oh, we yeah. have another form for you. What, what do you want to do with your cookies? Oh no, we mm. can. Mm. I don't know. Uh, yeah, confirm. There we go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You are now allowed to use the internet. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> uh, this is their collaboration um, with the folks at Themeborn. Now we love the guys at Themeborn. They do amazing games. Uh, the Escape the Dark series is phenomenal good fun and we've played that a couple of times here on the channel and had a lot of fun with it but this is them coming at their first licensed product alongside the folks at Naughty Dog for The Last of Us so in this game it's got all the kind of core stuff that you love about the Escape the Dark series uh, where you've got chapter cards going to be flipped over revealing new locations and all that kind of stuff and things for you to solve but it's all tied in to the narrative and the characters from the world of The Last of Us so you're going to be playing as Joel, Ellie, Tess, Bill, Tommy, and Marlene. Most of those guys didn't survive to the end of the game. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, spoilers. spoilers. <laughs> you can do but, better. But this is where you could do better. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, go on. No? The thing Perfect. that's really exciting me about this is every time they brought a, a new escape the game out, mm -hmm. it's an evolution of the game engine. And yes. this one, from what I'm seeing on table, is you have multiple storylines to go down. So it's not just mm -hmm. you are in a randomized story that you are going to be told and work through. You have that more of an open world exploration feel while still yeah. having all of that, that that nervousness of, oh, who, who's doing it? Who's drive, drive, you know, exactly. drawing the car? Not me, not me. <laughs> I did it last time, guys. I'm low. I am low. Yeah, yeah that's definitely one of the things that they've, they've sort of cemented here is that they've got all those core mechanics that, that we like. So you've still got the dice rolls that you'll do in order to beat chapter cards and that kind of thing. But as you're saying, Justin, there's that move away from it just being a single card deck to it being a larger expanded board that you'll be playing over. Each of those locations is then going to have cards dealt to them. And as you move through to those, you're going to be uncovering new um, sort of puzzles to solve and decisions to make. Uh, do you go stealthy and do you sneak around and do you try, you know, try and roll that on your stats? Yes. <laughs> always still it's, it's the, the last time. of us it's always yes that's true yeah <laughs> or are but you gonna it, get in sorry go it also looks like uh between the locations you're moving to there's actually spots on there where i think i saw them put some of the the little clicker miniatures yeah so you might have dangers yeah. that you have to face mm -hmm. as you're moving away mm -hmm. so there's so, the other balance do i keep going down this storyline or yeah. do i try and escape and sneak past those clickers well, that's the interesting thing. So each, as you say, those are clicker miniatures, well, clicker tokens that can be miniatures if you get the deluxe version of the game. But they will block essentially uh, locations from and, and you moving forward. So even if you reach a location and you want to move through, you are going to have to eventually sometimes have to get into combat and deal with the clickers to free up the route so that you can pass through. Because one of the interesting things about this as well is that Whereas in, well, in the original Escape the Dark games, you just have to get to the end of that card stack and you can take as much time as you like getting through to there, right? So you get to that, that last card, you defeat the boss and you escape the castle or the sector, right? Die horribly. In this, you have a time limit. So there's a, t there's a sort of a, a ticking clock that's going as you move from the uh, quarantine zone all the way through to Jackson at the other side. So it's going to sort of push you to make some kind of desperate decisions as you're sort of diving into the game, which I think is a really fun way to go about it. Um, another thing that's really nice about this is that they've added a whole bunch of additional mechanics in for using items and stuff. Um, so they have a lot of the stuff that they took from Dark Sector in terms of ammo for weapons and ranged combat and melee combat and the difference between those. But they've also got crafting elements in this as well. So when you defeat certain creatures or when you go to different locations and you search them, you will unlock um, bits of kit that you can then use to make 
um, as you can see there, nail bombs and all sorts of different things for you to use during your uh, your adventures further and further into Escape the Dark, which I think is well, really you cool. You can upgrade your weapons as well. That's nice. Yep. Mm -hmm. So they, as you say, they have taken the idea of the Escape the Dark series and they have leveled it up. So this is... If, if Escape the Dark Castle was level one and Sector was two, this is the level three of their sort of growing um, mechanics for the Escape the Dark series. And I uh, generally think they've done a really nice job with this. This, uh, so as a lot of the stuff you've been seeing that was in the video and that kind of thing is stuff from the standard edition. So it's all sort of tokens and stuff. Still features all of the same amazing black and white artwork that we, we've loved from the Escape the Dark series anyway. Um, obviously taken up to 11 <laughs> in a lot of ways for The Last of Us with that lovely clicker on the front. Look at that. That's just gorgeous. Oh, he's um, a pretty boy. He's a pretty boy. Give him a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> but you also then have miniatures for the uh, sort of exclusive collector's edition of the game as well. So they'll replace the uh, tokens if you want in the game. So you'll have ones for Joel and Ellie that have been shown off. And then I think each of the different characters are also going to have their um, their own miniatures as well. So if you're someone who really likes, you know, doing a little bit of extra painting and making your games look even more special, then you have some options to do that as well, which is really nice to see. And, I don't uh, often say this for a game. Now, normally I'll go, oh, I like that. I want that. This one I'm saying, I need this. <laughs> I No, I well, literally yeah. need this game. Yeah, I, I I love The Last of Us. I love the Escape the Dark games. I think, as I say, I think um, Themeborn have done an amazing job on all of their projects in the past. So um, I can't see this being anything less than bloody brilliant, as they yeah, say. They, so, yeah, uh, that, yeah. I, I may ask permission to spend the monies on this one, <laughs> <laughs> and, and to get the playmat because yes. the, the the neoprene playmat. Whenever you're playing oh. this game, oh, it just feels so nice. It looks so yeah, yeah. I've used I've got the one for Dark Sector, and it is it it makes things feel a lot more plush. It's very good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this game is available to uh, going back over on Kickstarter right now. Uh, you can find out how to play the game and watch a whole bunch of stuff, including interviews and stuff, over on their campaign page. As I say, it's their first um, sort of licensed property, for the folks over at Themeborn, but I think they're doing a sterling job with it so far from what we've seen of the mechanics and things. There are 21 days left on that campaign from uh, when you're watching this at the moment. So uh, make sure to go and check it out. Yeah. Moving on, we're going to be moving into the realms of fantasy uh, for a minute, and we're going to be looking at something from Draco Studios. Uh, so you may remember, I think it was last year, or maybe the year before, probably last year, time is wibbly-wobbly, uh, we talked to Draco Studios about their Lords of Valar uh, Kickstarter, which was a sort of board game set within their amazing Dragon Bond universe. Well, they are coming to Kickstarter with their new book for D&D 5th edition. And I know you folks are very into your D&D, so this might be something fun for you, uh, which is called Itza's Guide to Dragon Bonding. And it's not smutty, so don't make <laughs> oh, any so jokes it's about not, it. not the Rick and Morty edition? No, it's not the oh. Rick and Morty edition, no. <laughs> so I am disappointed. This is, <laughs> this is a new book that has been designed by the folks at Draco Studios that enables you to add even more dragons to your Dungeons & Dragons because there probably wasn't enough to begin with. Yay. Um, you get rules for dragon bonding. I say, don't be smutty, uh, which allows you to add dragons to your group to fight alongside you in your campaigns. You also have mechanics for dragon-based aerial combat, which just... 
I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Uh, there are also new classes. So you have the Dragon Hunter, the Dragon Herald, and the Val Adept. So you've got new new sort of like martial and magical classes for you to play around with alongside new subclasses. So the Rogue now gets to become a Dream Spy, which sounds rather nice. Uh, the Fighter can become a Gladiator. And then the Barbarian can go down the Path of Scars, which just sounds amazing. Why would you not want to go down that route? Um, Barbarians are cool. Love them. But there we go. <laughs> That's just my thoughts. Uh, there are also new race options based on their own world that they've created alongside magical spells, items, weapons, and more. And if you scroll down through, we'll see some of the stuff that comes in the different packs. So um, as you can see, uh, there are a couple of different flavors of things for you to dive into with this, for this campaign. You can go in at the sort of base floor and just pick up the digital PDF for this book, uh, which is fine and dandy. A lot of people play online at the moment. Uh, you can go up a level and get the hardback book, which just looks stunning and comes with amazing artwork in it anyway, which is great. And then there is a big collector's edition, which is that sort of box on the right-hand side uh, and all the book and stuff there. And that comes with character sheets, art prints, uh, dice. There are even, as they've called them, sharp-edged dice. I don't even think I want to hold those. Or do I need like a chainmail glove to like roll them or something? I mean, if you so. probably need the razor wire gloves. There, yes. <laughs> something like that. You also get a DM screen. You get an art book. Uh, you get these really awesome sort of in-world illustrations that have been designed by Itza inside the, this kind of world of Dragon Bond. Uh, it'll kind of add some sort of narrative to your gameplay. There are also additional cards that will track all the different monster stats and spell cards as well. So while this has essentially been designed as a book to kind of enable more dragon-ness in your games... It's actually more or less a world book for playing within their sort of theme and world of Dragon Bond on the tabletop, which I think is amazing. I'm a massive fan of dragons, uh, so I'm probably going to get this. Um, <laughs> uh, just saying. Um, but I think this looks fantastic, and the, the artwork and stuff that comes out from the folks at Dragon uh, Draco Studios is uh, is phenomenal. So uh, the, the, I think I need this. Yeah, oh, the, yes. I, yeah. I think I'm in the same boat because I just... The, the art is just so gripping. Oh, God, it's, yes. Yeah. They have so much vision in it. And as you say, that because next. it's it's essentially you're just being given a world to play with. Yep. Mm -hmm. You you can just turn we Shay, we could hand this to Ethan. <laughs> oh yeah. He might True. not like it because he wants to make his own world, but you know <laughs> it's it's too already set for him. Everything has to be his. Yeah. But we we can give him elements and inspiration I'm, I'm sure there are dragons within his world so this oh, would be a really nice opportunity oh, yeah. to build on that and sort of grow things in a different what way the budging hell is that exactly I this is how cool the world it. is man <laughs> I mean yeah. some form of I don't know it's 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 like Venom and Slenderman <laughs> yeah, really uh, like yeah. spiders Venom. one day yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean Honestly, it, it's probably some sorcerer's nightmare that unfortunately probably. he was wearing a dreamstone and then just crawled yeah. out through it's, his chest. It's a yeah. dragon wizard's familiar because a, a dragon who's a wizard needs a big familiar. <laughs> this is fair. Yeah. It's only 20 like foot tall. I like to think that a dragon's familiar would just be a human. And they'd be like, you wizard, you're my familiar now. What? Okay. <laughs> I, I, honestly, yeah. if the choice is death or pet, I will choose pet. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, um, as you say, John, I think the art is phenomenal in this. And I think they've done a really nice job of kind of um, blending together their world and presenting it in a in a way that will be really accessible for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people play D&D. A lot of people like fifth edition. And so this is a great step forward for them to kind of introduce their world to a larger group of people, I think. Yeah. Um, they uh, And I was talking to Jerry about this. They are actually working on creating kind of like their own RPG system essentially as well and, and building on their own world in, in different ways. So maybe we'll see that later down the line. But I think mm. this is a really nice sort of first stepping stone for kind of getting people involved in it. And, us, and you know, everyone loves dragons. So, yeah, fantastic opportunities for people to, to have fun with. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it looks really good. I need to see. Are you going to scroll I, down to the collector's edition? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's I mean, the core even, box, which even is cool. the core box looks good. The, the core box is nice. Yeah. And comes with dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and here's a, this. This is one that comes with the. You get the really nice Dracos brewed dice, which are your d20s, and then you get oh. that sharp edged, sharp edged set of dice. I assume it just means because they they're not rounded on the edges, rather than they actually want to make you bleed. But yeah, yeah probably, they, they, more they like, have not inset razor blades. Yeah, yeah. more like casino dice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, phenomenal oh, stuff. Mm. So yeah, oh. and more things getting unlocked all the time as well. Yeah, so. and extremely well funded, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this campaign is, uh, as you say, funded and has about twenty days left on it. So if you're interested in dragons. And I think we're all pretty much sold on this one. Oh, yeah. uh, it's definitely yeah. worth having a look at. And I mean, we may like even want have a chat with uh, the folks from Draco Studios in the future to maybe do some stuff with them. So that would be very cool. So, yeah. Right. Moving on to the last Kickstarter for this week. Uh, and it is it's the last, but it's not the least. So the folks at King Games, we've talked about them before on the show. We love their models. They do the Dunkeldorf range. We had an unboxing for their miniatures this week, which you can go and check out, which Jerry did uh, on his holidays, no doubt. Oh, well, no, no less. So he is, you know, even more excited about this than most people. Uh, but this is the Streets of Dunkeldorf, and this is a new set of eight plus a few more miniatures that are going to be added into their collection for you to use on the tabletop. The ideas and themes behind these are kind of old world inspired because uh, the folks at King Games absolutely love kind of Warhammer and the old world and and all that kind of grim dark goodness. Uh, But they've been working on this range for a couple of years now and building up a absolutely wonderful collection of metal and resin miniatures for you to use on the tabletop. You could use them for your skirmish games. Or you could perhaps use them for, as Jerry would say, incorrectly playing RPGs. Although, of course, doesn't matter. Do what you want, man. Do what you want. You can only anyway. say that because he's not here. I can only say that because he's not here, yes. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm going to challenge Jerry for a second. Well. No, no, you're wrong. <laughs> he will comment now. And uh, yeah, he will fill the YouTube comment section with ideas. But there we go. Um, the idea behind this one in particular was that they were trying to build on the kind of people that you might meet as you were walking down the streets of Dunkeldorf. And so we had the likes of like a dwarven merchant. We have a flower seller. Uh, we have town guard, we have a crier and a poet. Uh, we have um, sort of sellers of toys and all sorts of different things in the mix, which I think is really nice. Uh, and when you kind of back this campaign, you can either go for kind of like eight miniatures plus a few of the extras, or you can go that extra step and get some of the terrain pieces. So all the miniatures are in 28 mil and they're in metal. And then each of the terrain pieces are going to be cast in resin instead. So you've got a little bit more detail in those. I've painted some of the signs and stuff that they've done before and a, bit, a few bits of their kind of in interior um, furniture and, sp- and stuff. 
and it is really nice and very well detailed and uh, looks lovely. And they have really stepped up their sculpting over, I think, maybe like the last two or three years. And I think this, I mean, their original sculpts were great, but these ones have got a whole host of additional detail mixed into them, which makes them really fun to go and pick up on the tabletop. I want to get to the stretch goals, though, because this is my favourite character. Keep going. But, Unfortunately, but, you, haven't got, you haven't got the early bird. bird. But you haven't got the early bird because you, you're watching this on Friday. Word. Okay. Oh, well, yes, the bird is the bird, yes. But anyway, they're doing daily unlocks, and they've unlocked a couple of additional characters, as you can see there. But my favourite, keep going, John. Keep going, keep going, keep going. <laughs> is, this going to be a, is this going to be a is halfling be or a dwarf? A child? No, it's the dog. It's Schmutz the Gong Farmer's dog. Why wouldn't oh. I want a, a, a poo-collecting dog? He's adorable. It's amazing. I <laughs> I, he kind of looks like the one from, what is it, Cinderella? I can't remember Cinderella enough to to know the dog. Uh, to be honest, but this uh, is what happens when you live with someone who adores Disney. This is what Tramp does when he's not chasing Lady. That's uh, that's what we'll say. I'm, but yeah, I'm digging, the, I'm digging the idea of the mutant kids as well. Yes, I think that is very cool and very in keeping with the idea of Warhammer and the old world and stuff. So if you're going down that route, you could almost have some interesting decisions for your party to make. Do you kill them? No. <laughs> Let's not talk about they're, killing they're, mutant children. They're mutants. They're, 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 they're yeah. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, uh, maybe go play with them instead. And you also have some additional things like art prints and all that kind of stuff as well. And additional things are going to be unlocked. So by the time you're watching this, uh, there will no doubt be a few more additional things added to the Kickstarter. They have also said that um, because they have such a wealth of options available for you to go and pick up, uh, once it gets to the pledge manager for this campaign, you're actually going to be able to add a bunch of miniatures from their previous releases. So if you like the idea of adding some more market dwellers or underworld contacts, or stuff from the Prancing Peacock, as you can see there. I even have a mug for the Prancing Peacock on my desk. <laughs> Not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> you'll be able to dive in and, uh, and and pick all of this stuff up and use it to create an absolutely wonderful cavalcade of miniatures mm. that could be used for a whole host of different things. But there I we would go. love these guys to eventually make like a fantasy adventure game well, with all of these miniatures. Well, there are rustlings of them doing something RPG-based in the future using their world and their miniatures. So keep an eye out for that. So there we go. Yeah. That's your team. I think I can say that. I don't think I'm going to get in trouble. That's fine. (laughs) You heard a rumor from some guy on YouTube. It's on, I think, I think they mentioned it on Facebook, so it's fine. Right. So you you heard it it from some guy on Facebook. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Could be totally wrong. Could be totally wrong. Yeah. But anyway, there we go. So three amazing Kickstarters, uh, one that kind of ties itself into video games, another that sort of allows you to dive into a little bit more stuff for Dungeons and Dragons, and then some wonderful miniatures for use on the tabletop. Uh, but yeah, I think we're at the end of the show. Mm. Thank you, folks, for coming along with me. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, John. Thank you, Shay, for your amazing wisdom when it comes to Battle Force boxes. We need. To, <laughs> I, I now want to edit it into the show, Justin, that whenever one of those boxes come up, Shay goes, ding, or brr, brr. <laughs> here's the thing, though. It's something I've not had a chance to say on camera with Shay before, but people used to call me Captain Alpha Strike. That's the new one. <laughs> yeah, he has taken my mantle, my power. Oh, the, no. The, 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 difference, the difference between Shay's method of play and yours, Justin, is that Shay actually tries to be nice to his opponent. Wow. Ouch! 
Wow. Well, before the cat fight starts, (laughs) uh, we're going to move on. Uh, You'll be able to watch more from us on Sunday if you come on over to On Tabletop, where we do the Cult of Games show. Uh, So you can go and head on over. Uh, You can buy a membership or you can watch with a 30-day free trial and find out what other shenanigans we get up to. It's going to be us four again. We're going to have more shenanigans, talking about wonderful stuff that we're working on, including a deadly list from John for Flames of Four. He gets to talk about tanks. That's going to be the entire show. Don't worry about it. It's okay. (laughs) Best best XLBS ever. Yes, best XLBS ever. If that's not an incentive to come and watch, I don't know what is. But yes, uh, we also have that competition prize. So if you wanted to get your hands on the Kadia Stans Ashabilitarum army set, Oh dear. And you don't want to try and fight John to buy them from store on tabletop over the, uh, the weekend. Then make sure to comment down below, like share, subscribe, do all that good stuff. And uh, if we don't see you on Sunday, we will see you next week on Friday. Bye for now. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on. You know, you want to click it. Go on.